So I'm certain there are many instances where we are in the process of severing relationships between other people. And a lot of us think that the phrase that most people use as a cop-out is, uh, it's not you, it's me, right? And we, we use that to sort of walk away from the situation um, on a good note, hopefully leaving the opposite person, um, assuming that despite that there's a breakup, um, I care about you, right? So I was thinking a while back how when it comes to to God in relation to us, we can have a tendency to blame God as like if you, like when Lazarus passed away, um, his sister were like, yo, had you been here, you know, sooner? Uh, little did she know that Jesus not only wept because Lazarus was gone, but Jesus already knew that he was going to resurrect Lazarus. So, but we can't see that in the moment because we're focused on what we do see. So I wanted to take the opportunity to highlight how many times when we are in those situations, it's not us, it's him. Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. Life. You're born into the world, you grow, you mature, you go to college, you start a career and a family. It looks like everything goes as planned. Or does it? This has been one of the most challenging seasons of my life. And I mean, challenging is an understatement. <laughs> um, yo, my mom, I just texted my mom and I, we have this thing now that I, I send my mom a scripture every single morning. Now I went to Ross, bought this thing, this container, not this container, but it's a small box in the house. Bible verses and it's used it's good for like 60 days so about two months two months worth of scriptures and I've been taking a picture of it and then sending it to my mom every single morning um, on, my, on a work day because I'm a teacher so on any any school day I send it to her uh, because I want to make sure that I am living my life through the lens of God opposed to my own because if I choose my own that's how I will see things I will see things the way I see them instead of the instead of the way he sees them 
So I sent a picture every morning and I just sent, I forgot to take a picture this morning, but what I do is I send another scripture and substitute a scripture that spoke to me. So that was a scripture that spoke to me. I forgot the, the act, the technical location, but it's basically saying above all love deeply for love covers a multitude of sins. And I sent that to mom, but her response to me was good morning. Good morning, my action hero. And um, that really, my mom and I have a, a, a history of loving action films. That's, that's what we grew up watching. We grew up watching all the Indiana Jones movies. We grew up watching uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, um, any action movie that you can think of between the 80s and now. We, we watched those together. And we have that sense of camaraderie because of that. Um, but it's it's that really touched my heart. But I wanted to hop on here and basically talk. Now, right now, I'm recording from uh, the comfort of my car. I haven't been able to sit down. I haven't taken the time to sit down and record an episode. Uh, but I wanted to take this time now that I'm driving to work. This is my... Um, calming preparation for work the ride to work honestly it's one of the best days because it allows me to get my thoughts together and to basically get ready for what's ahead of me I don't know what's going to happen today I don't know anything could happen that's one thing that I've learned about this teaching profession is that anything can happen at any moment and you just have to be flexible. And honestly, it's a good representation of life. Very good representation of life. And um, yeah, huge representation of life. So the title of this episode is, it's not you, it's him. It's not you, it's him. So you know, when you usually, when you, there's usually a breakup Sometimes people, they want to basically, I wouldn't say it's a cop out. For some people it is, but they want to sort of take the blame and possibly make themselves out to be the, the better person. So, um, so in this sense, And let me let me create this context. So in teaching, what I've learned, I've only been teaching for a while, not a while, but in this profession that I've learned so far, I've learned that how can I put this? I've learned that I have to change my expectations. I have to change my expectations often because that's what gets that's what gets us frustrated it's because we expected this it didn't happen excuse me but we can't really fault someone for being who they are and doing what they always do not to say that we're avoiding them the opportunity to grow but that's not up to us to determine 
So we have to act and operate accordingly. So I was thinking about two situations. So I was having some issues with um, one of my classes and it was a very disruptive situation. Like I was, I had gotten so upset that I started smirking. And the reason why I was smirking, it was one of those, I got something for that smirk, you know? They didn't know it at the time, but I had already made a plan. I said, I know I'm gonna fix this. And even if what I do doesn't work, try something else. But in my mind, I was like, it's, it's fine. I, I got it, I trust me. But then I thought about two things yesterday. Actually, I thought about one thing yesterday and one thing today. I thought about yesterday how there were moments. Now, my mom is a retired teacher, 40 years. My mom is one of the sweetest, kindest, most considerate people you will ever meet. Not just saying this because she's my mom. My mom has been consistent. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm driving and people are being people. Um, my mom has been consistent for as long as I've known her. Uh, let's see. So, there were moments where I was disrespectful to my mom. I was disrespectful to my mom. And I thought about it, I said, CJ, if you can be disrespectful to your mom, what makes, the, what makes you think that people would not do the same to you. <laughs> and then today I thought about how when Moses were, were leading the Israelites into the land of milk and honey, there was a moment where they got so frustrated that they formed a calf, a golden calf out of all the jewelry that they possessed, right? And So, <laughs> they possessed all the jewelry, right? And they made a golden calf. And even Moses got frustrated. Like, how dare you? Like, God just delivered you from the Egyptians. And this is what you do? This is your gratitude? This is your praise? So if my mom can get, if my mom can be disrespected, my mom can be disregarded and ignored to some degree. If Moses can be disrespected, what makes me any different than anybody else, right? So that was a, a, a humbling moment when I came to that conclusion. So going back to the title, it's not you, it's him. And that's him with a capital H. What I mean by that is, a lot of times we go into situations thinking that it's up to us to fix. It's up to us, us to change. And we go in with the expectation that it can only change through us. And we all know that that is not the case. No matter what it comes to, even if it comes down to something that we've been doing our entire lives, 
we think that it's up to us specifically. And it's not. One thing that I admire about a lot of pastors is when they get on the pulpit, when they get to the pulpit, when they stand there at their podium, when they're standing in front of their congregation and they have this microphone where hundreds, thousands of people, if not millions of people are hearing, hanging on to their every word. Their prayer is that God's, their words are God's, not their own. You know how in tune, how disciplined you have to be to be in a position to say that let not, let not my words be, but yours. You have to be highly in tune with your source. Highly connected, highly intertwined, highly mixed with your source for their words, their intentions to be displayed through you, which means that we have to be sacrificial. And this morning I ran across a scripture reminding us to above all love deeply love covers a multitude of sins. Going back to the reference with my mom, obviously the word uh, says for us to honor thy father and mother. There have been moments where I have dishonored my mom. I've even dishonored my father. I've done that. We all have. The Israelites dishonored God and Moses in a sense because God left Moses in charge. God appointed Moses. God chose Moses. And they dishonored him. My students, uh, by doing some of the things they have done, have dishonored me as the teacher. My job is to come in to teach you, make sure you have learned your skills, you have learned the standards, so you can pass this grade with the knowledge that you need to move forward. And in my job, just like Moses, just like my mom, is to create these boundaries to protect you and get you where you need to be. But that can be very difficult when you don't want to be where you are, when you are so eager to do things upon your own accord, when you are so adamant about being independent, we all know that initially we were never supposed to be independent of God. We were supposed to be dependent. When we were in his presence in the Garden, Garden of Eden, we had a direct connection, a direct relationship with God. All we had to do is do that which he created us to do, which was to mirror him or praise him. Worshiping God is not limited to what you do when you hear music. It's not limited to dancing or singing. It's limited to being obedient. It's not, it's not limited to anything. It's open to be, it's broad. It's broad to being obedient. It's broad to you showing up to work. It's broad to you showing up for your kids. It's broad to you showing up for your spouse. And it's broad to showing up for yourself. Broad to showing up for yourself. So whenever we face these challenges in our lives, we have to remember 
that it's not us, it's him. We have to see things through his eyes, use his heart. For only God is perfect love. For only God is unconditional love. And again, it's, it's, it's so hard to show that to people who do not respect you, who do not acknowledge you. It's difficult to do that. It really is. So the, the premise of this was to remind us to know we can't do this by ourselves. We weren't made to. We weren't designed to try to live life outside of his presence. We weren't designed for that. Every sense that sword of fire was swinging back and forth, we have been roaming the earth, trying our best to live this life without God. When it was never intended for that. A lot of people will look at the sword of fire as a limitation. But it's actually out of love. Because I mentioned this before and so many people have mentioned it. And even when you read the word, you know that that sword of fire was protection. It wasn't a prevention from enjoyment, but it was protection from everlasting damnation because if you think about it we had consumed we had taken part of sin hence we became aware and we developed this sinful nature now imagine be having living in a sinful nature for eternity which means we will be forever separated from God and God did not want that God didn't want that. He didn't design it to be that way. Think about all the moments and all the times where kids have to be separated from their parents. I just watched uh, Killer Sally on Netflix. And after Sally did what she did, her children were separated from her for 25 years. Sally did 25 years in prison. You know how much life passed by? That's a quarter of a life, that's a quarter of a lifetime. If you think about it, it's a quarter of a hundred years. 25% of somebody's life, if they lived full term, was missed. You know, Sally missed her kids' graduation. She missed their prom. Both of her kids went into the military, got out, survived, and are, and are still alive. She missed the birth of her grandson. She missed a lot. Imagine how God feels, and he's the one that created you. Imagine how he feels having that disconnect from you. You are his child. He loves you. Every quirk, every sense of awkwardness, every part of you, he, he did that on purpose for his glory last thing he wants is to be separated from you. 
That's the last thing he wants, right? So, remember that it's not us, it's him. So leave it to him. Leave it to the big guy. Not familiar, and I'm not sure if y'all remember, obviously most of us remember Family Matters, but that's what Steve Urkel called uh, Mr. Winslow. Hey, big guy. You know, leave, leave it up to somebody that you admire. Leave it up to somebody who you trust. Leave it up to somebody who, who's, all, who's 10 for 10, that's 20 for 20, never misses. Leave it up to him. And be more about doing than saying. Just do. I forgot how you say the phrase. And a lot of people may not agree with this. But there are some instances where you just have to do now and apologize later. Do now and apologize later. Your actions speak louder than words. And even if you feel that those actions are not having or creating the results that you want, you have no idea what's going on in the background. The Bible clearly states that the battles we have are not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. There is a spiritual war going on. And we're trying to fight it with physical weapons, with tangible weapons. We're going to lose. Can you imagine trying to fight Thor with a knife? Like a plain knife. Thor's hammer, Mjolnir, was forged by... The melting of a by, by the power of a dying star. That's 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 how his 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 hammer was made. It has powers and abilities beyond our understanding, beyond our control. So you can't fight, <laughs> you know, better, you know, not, fi uh, not figuratively. Well, yeah, figuratively speaking, uh, you can't fight a Norse god with a human weapon. You, you just can't. You're going to lose. So I hope that this episode helped you. I am almost at work. But I wanted to share that because I thought it was just, and every time I speak on something, I'm not just speaking, I'm talking to myself too. This is a reminder that I had to have. This is a reminder that I had to come to. I had to be reminded that it's not, it's not me, it's him. I have to remember that God has placed me in a position of stewardship, not just over my classrooms, but in my marriage my friends, my family, like my mom, my sisters, my siblings, my parents. He's, he's placed me in a position of stewardship. 
but if I address every situation, every relationship, as if I'm responsible for making everything right, then I will always be disappointed because I'm leaning upon my own expectations. Let God handle it. We can do the best we can. Let's show up. Let's continue to try our best. But keep in mind that what we lack, God compensates. Remember, like he made us all, but he all he made us all with imperfections. Like he say, for instance, he made you. You when somebody sees you, they see a hundred percent of you physically, right? But only 80% is highly effective. Because God wants to supply that 20. He wants you to lean on him for the 20. God may have made you 50% effective because he wants you to lean on him for the 50. He leaves just he leaves enough margin for him to be God. And he even goes as far to say, if you want me to cover this much, just like insurance. You pay a certain amount and then once it gets to a certain point, insurance pays the rest. You might even get something back. But you just, you gotta trust them. You gotta trust them. Love you guys. Um, thank you for listening to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. I'm your host, Calvin Wayne Pennywell Jr. Uh, on this episode titled, it's not you it's him yo thank you all for listening tune in next time for the latest episode of the glory in our stories